0: Lights, camera, action. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As always, I am Ross Bacon. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi.
1: I hope you're all ready to be scarred from these
0: movies. (laughs) As everybody knows we are a podcast who cracks over a beer and talks about some movies. Now, this month, Horror Month continues with Takashi Miike. Now, this man is, oh, this is going to be a disturbing one. This is just going to be rough tonight (laughs) a lot of hard
1: to watch two hard to watch movies one is (laughs) meh
0: right so we'll be talking about audition one miscalled the original and uh ichi the killer now before we get into the stuff that's going to give us you know everyone nightmares and us therapy and all that let's talk about what we're drinking so mike what do you got
1: um i'm back with twin lights brewing i went with their keeping with october themes we went with the october fest beer the so Mars and Lager, like usual, 5.6%. And I love Mars and Lagers, So I love that we're just mostly doing Oktoberfest and pumpkin beers. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Twin Lights is in uh, Ocean, New Jersey. And it said they also brewed it with our friends at the Elementary Brewing Company in Hackensack, New Jersey. So it seems like there's a collaboration on this one. Nice. And it's really good. Uh, very drinkable. I can see myself getting through all four cans of these by the end of the podcast.
0: I I missed if you said it was right around like six percent range.
1: Uh, Five point six.
0: Yeah, it's about where it is. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing the same thing. I got an Octoberfest beer as well, and uh, mine is called DuHost, and it's from Round Guys Brewing Company in Lansdale, PA. Um, I,
1: I had blank. I had uh, Round Guys for one of the episodes.
0: Did you? Yeah. Yeah. This one's good. Um, again, it's like uh, it's an Octoberfest, so that's why technically my wife picked it because she went beer shopping this week. But um, so it's five point four. It's your standard Mars, and it's pretty good. It's it's not one of the better ones I've ever had, but it's it's obviously it's drinkable, and I'll I'll definitely be down in probably at least three of them.
1: It's very red.
0: <laughs> that might be the camera, but it's it's definitely the orange, like the Mars and orange kind of color. Yeah, but yeah, it is a little more on the reddish side. But um, speaking of red, we can talk about blood and lots of it when it comes to Takashi Miike. Uh, I'm,
1: I'm happy you picked these movies because now I'm going to go to therapy for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember I've seen two of these. I saw Addition and uh, Ishii to Killer. Um, I saw those back in the days of... You remember, like, Blockbuster had that DVD service for a little bit? Yeah. And, like, I was... Those were, like, during, like, October, I did, like, a whole bunch of, like, ridiculous horror whatever, and those two were the ones that came up.
1: I gotta tell you, Japanese horror... We talked about this a bit with our animated horror when we talked about Perfect Blue. Mm-hmm. Japanese horror is so much harder to watch than American horror, at least modern American horror.
0: Yeah, it's... I mean... There's no real way to explain j horror. I mean, other than, like, if you're talking about, like, The Ring or The Grudge or, you know, the stuff that the more popular remakes, like, got more popular remakes in the United States, you're talking about, like, ghost movies, basically. They're just hauntings, really. Yeah. But they're usually, like, creepy hauntings, you know, with, like, a kid (laughs) of some kind.
1: (laughs) Uh, One thing that two of these movies get into are, like, the psyche, like, the human psyche, and it gets into the darkest parts of the human psyche.
0: And especially its reaction to being abused. That's yeah. what uh, Audition and um, uh, Ishii the Killer definitely deal with. And One miscall, Call, kind of. like, Well, it, it deals with not so much as our really our main character, but it does involve child abuse.
1: But it's yeah. like the whole... It it follows the trope with the movies like The Ring or The Grudge, where it's like, oh, this ghost was abused in life, so it makes the ghost a little bit more sympathetic. Which yeah. then, I mean, it, it's sort of a trope when I see it in uh, One Miss Call, but
0: right, yeah, it's it's and it's when it comes with One Miss Call, it's it's definitely like ghost revenge is yeah kind of like the best way to describe a lot of J horror, and um, but with me with Mek, it's. It's almost like the guy wants to see the audience pass out, puke, throw up, like, (laughs) run away screaming. Like, it's like he He wants to see how far you can (laughs) test it, like, take his movies.
1: Uh, He's known to be a director that put uh, barf bags with each seat on the uh, initial releases. And, you
0: know, like, a lot of times that's, like, a PR stunt where it's like, oh, they were – people were – passing out and feigning it was you know it's scream three but no with this guy it's like legit yeah
1: yeah No, these move like so audition and ichi the killer are both hard to watch especially
0: ichi because that is like and we'll get to it when we get to it um that'll be the third thing we talk about but with that movie i see it more as a parody of uh comic book movies, especially comic books in the '90s.
1: Well, you could you can say that Ichi the Killer is a really fucked up interpretation of Batman. Where, uh
0: in a uh, way, what's it,
1: <laughs> why can't I think of the uh, other guy's name? The guy with the scars on his face is oh, a really fu- yeah Kakihara. is a really fucked up interpretation of the Joker. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what uh, I have that down too. But um, with Audition, it's essentially, have you ever seen that movie Hard Candy? I have not. Ellen Page is, um, she's this girl who, she gets picked up by this guy. And you initially, it starts kind of off like, it's like this weird relationship, but it's essentially this dude picking up really young girls. And it turns out that this girl is kind of the wrong one to pick up because she's out for revenge. And she turns the tables on him in the sense that she's the one that's the monster, you know? Yeah. And even though he's obviously a monster being a pedophile, she mm-hmm. gets the revenge on him because she's the one that traps him. And he has no idea.
1: It almost reminds, like, I, that story sort of reminds me of Snakebite Andy in, uh, Doctor in Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep, yeah.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Where she
1: lures older men to the movie theater and then like makes them confess their sins using her power.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I could definitely see that. Well, obviously for people who haven't seen this, this movie audition, it came out in 1999. And essentially what it is, the audition of the title is our main character is auditioning women for his new wife, essentially. But he's doing it under the guise of it being a role in a movie. Now, the movie is, it's really like, you know, uh, a second, it takes second billing because it's kind of like, oh, well, maybe this movie will happen because he does it with his producer friend. And the friend's Mm -hmm. like, I mean, we really could make this movie, but we'll say it all fell through so you can have your relationship with the woman that you pick or whatever. And the one scene where they actually do have the auditions, is kind of a montage. I feel like it might have played different if you spoke native Japanese because maybe the translations weren't right but there's a couple times where i was like oh i bet i'm supposed to be laughing here if i'm japanese yeah. it's just the the translation's not really coming through
1: <laughs> well i almost find bad translations to be a little bit funnier like yeah, this comes up a bit in ichi the killer like some of the translated lines i'm was laughing out loud
0: <laughs> yeah and i i think for that that's actually i think a lot of that's actually the point yeah you know, for that I mean, at least that's how you see it but in this, it, well, first of all, the thing that struck me off the bat, these two things, It start, first of all, it stars uh, Ryo Ishibashi, I think is the guy's name. I mean, of course, these are all Japanese names. Neither Mike or I are native Japanese speakers, so we will probably butcher these names. So yes. it, well, we're going to try to get them as close as possible. But um, the actor's name is Ryo Ishibashi, and he was actually in both of the Japanese grudges. He
1: mm-hmm. was in
0: the first N-Sack, and second. He played a, det- a detective in it. And um, he has a line in this, it's either him or his producer friend has the line, everyone in Japan is lonely. Did you see that line? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Well, that was, so this movie is based off of a Japanese manga. Yes. And uh, the point of the manga was to show just sort of how depraved and messed up the dating culture of Japan of the 90s could really be.
0: Jesus Christ. So this could possibly be based off a true story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I forgot reading the whole thing, but like they, the author really wanted to show like the seedy kind of underbelly of Japanese relate of some Japanese relationships.
0: Yeah. Cause this guy is coming off of a, he's, well it's a long-term marriage and his wife is dead. So he's kind of, his son encourages him to get back in the dating game. And this is, how he does it. Like he's he's at a, sitting at a bar one day with his producer friend, and he kind of like they come up with the idea together. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this in, in in any normal person, this would be the drunken thoughts that never really come to be, but they do put it into motion. It's almost like a Harvey Weinstein situation, you know, except nobody's yeah. jerking off into a plant. Well, mm-hmm. at least not in this movie. <laughs> we'll get to that in Ichi, but yeah. but it's this- like It's it's so weird because you look at this and like nowadays, obviously watching this was 1999, but watching in 2020, my first thought was, oh, this is fucking creepy. Like, come on, man, you can't do this.
1: (laughs) Well, the the thing with this movie is it's like for the first like hour, it's a slow burn. Very slow. It's almost like an IV drip where they just sort of like they keep planning the ideas of something's coming. Like there's something not right. And then the last thirty minutes, it's like what the fuck?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, like like you said, like for the first hour, all you really see is this like drama of this guy trying to find a girlfriend, essentially. And and then when the new girlfriend, well, when um when uh, the characters, uh, now I'm just gonna refer to her as not Lucy Liu <laughs> because she looks a lot like Lucy Liu. But um yeah,
1: uh, what Asami Asami.
0: Asami, that's it. That's right. Um, When Asami shows up, finally, she's in, she's in the audition. She's very demure. She's dressed in white. She's, and it's, it's also like, you know, the Japanese, um, I guess their culture, you know, like she's very demure and the guy's looking for somebody who's just like that, like basically like a doormat of a wife, you know, and it's. When she shows up, you're like, okay, this is the girl, she's the one in the poster, or whatever. It's like, here it is. So then it just it's kind of like a very slow, very slow. They're talking, they're eating, they're having to go out to a bar, or whatever. And then you see her in her apartment, and she's like powered down, and there's yeah. this bag in the corner behind her, and all she's doing is just sitting there with her head down, doing nothing else. And it's like, Oh, okay, red flag number one.
1: <laughs> I got this. Well, so there's a bunch of things, like, you see, they do, like, research on the girl, he's like, oh, none of the references came through, the bar she worked at closed down because the woman in charge was dismembered.
0: Which you don't really find out until it's too late, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, his producer friend kind of does, like, the checking, he's even like, dude, don't call her back, give me a minute to research the shit, there's something not right here, and of course, in a horror movie, when your best friend says that the protagonist has to be like no she's fine or they have to be like okay i'm done and then the movie doesn't happen yeah. but you know, yeah the
1: power of boners man
0: exactly exactly <laughs> yeah and then for this guy it's the power of having you know a doormat for a wife yeah but it's still uh, it is it is.
1: one thing that disturbed me about this is <laughs> have you ever heard of the show victorious on nickelodeon
0: i've heard um, of it yeah
1: it was like one of the live action Nickelodeon shows that came out around the time of iCarly. There is an episode where they one of their teachers, they think went through a breakup. Or he went through a breakup. So they decided to host an audition for a play to get him a new girlfriend. And I'm like, Did... and how uh, why why can't I think of the creepy guy over at Nickelodeon that made like iCarly and Zelda? Oh, is on it no Dan Schneider?
0: is it takashi miike <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway i'm like did they really just kind of lift the plot for a children's well, television show well from you'd be this movie? yeah
0: <laughs> like you'd be surprised some of the, like there's some of the like in children's shows there's somebody's like really sly parodies that they do put in there and the way they do it is so subtle that the only people that are familiar with it will actually get it but yeah, so if that's the case, somebody in Nickelodeon should deserve a promotion because that's a hell of a way to slip that in to yeah. do this movie.
1: <laughs> but, oh, and yeah, it's a uh, the guy that ran Victorious, he also ran Zoe 101, Drake and Josh and iCarly, Dan Schneider, and he is known as being essentially the children's Harvey Weinstein.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, that's gross. Now I'm really wanting like Hannah Montana to do what um, Asami does to uh, to our buddy here in the, in this movie, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's there's so many red flags everywhere, and it's like when her previous boss, or, like her friend at the record company, goes missing, like they're they're right there, red flag, red mm-hmm. flag, <laughs> you know, they're everywhere. But
1: and then when he actually meets the guy that so. Background for Asami was she was abused young, sexually abused by, was it her stepdad or? Was it, it, was,
0: it was. It's. It's. It went depending on like because the translation with the subtitles isn't clear. But if <laughs> you read it, I'm guessing the Japanese version translate it turns out to be his stepdad or stepdad. Yeah. yeah. But it's more of, if you're just watching this with English subtitles, it's like a ballet coach. Yeah. You know? that's, that's, that's that's. But he's both actually, mm-hmm. and the stepdad part never really, doesn't really come through.
1: But, yeah, so she has, like, burns on her legs, and so the, if you dig deeper into this movie, you can look at it as a way that how trauma affects future relationships yeah. in the most fucked up sense. <laughs> oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, it's it creates a murder. It creates a serial killer, essentially, but there is that weird line that this does toe of it possibly being incestuous. I mean, via like well, as so much as stepdad and stepdaughter can be, but it's it when they show her as slightly older when he does it, it's almost like you get the impression that she wants him to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like oh okay that's that's even creepier. Like oh Stockholm syndrome or whatever. It's like oh yeah. god that's kind of gross. But she gets obviously gets her revenge <laughs> but yeah, the theme of abuse in these movies is really—it's—it's it's all in the least the first one, audition to one Miss call. It's very much part of the the um, the driving force between for the main characters. You know, it's there's abuse, heavy of child abuse there, and uh, just plain old abuse in Easy to Kill Her. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's really it's almost like I wouldn't say it's cliche, but it is. So much it's cliche, but it's in the sense that it it's different, in the sense that Mike does it, he dials it up to like 14. You know, he just takes it those 10 extra steps or whatever, you know. And
1: so like I I decided to watch some other reviews on YouTube and like people talk about these movies, and like so I saw some people that look at this movie and just take it at face value, where it's like girl goes crazy. Murders (laughs) murders <laughs> where yes. other people are looking at it like in the deep like how trauma affects your future relationship uh how trauma during a sexual relationship affects your future sexual preferences how and one of the things i found was that was kind of interesting was the perception of the movie in america versus overseas in terms of whether or not it's pro, like whether or not the movie can be seen as feminist or the movie is seen as misogynistic.
0: Yeah, I could see that. And like what though? Well, I'm guessing the American one is feminist?
1: No, America, I believe, saw it as misogynistic.
0: Okay. I mean, yeah, I could see that. It's it definitely is, but you to see this movie as misogynistic, you really kind of have to ignore Asami. Like you yeah. almost do, like you, you, she doesn't have any agency if you do that. If you mm-hmm. do it as feminist, it's her taking control because this isn't the first person she's done this to or isn't the last she's going to do this to. If she can survive again, spoilers for all these movies, if she survived this movie, which yeah. She's not. <laughs> yeah. If she's very makes it very clear that he is number one or another one in a long line of people she's intending to go <laughs> through. <laughs> well, that's the
1: whole thing with this movie, is it that's another thing that they look at the blurred line between love and obsession. Because it seems like that, like my perception of it was she actually does love him in a very fucked up way
0: I could see that it's and especially when they show her like powered down and when she's just kind of sitting there and the best I it's so it's such a great show well there's two of them and it involves the same that her in the apartment the first time like watching it this time I didn't catch it the first time I watched it years ago but the first when I watched it this time when um, after the little bit of um, uh, Aoyama is our main character of him not calling her she they show her in her apartment powered down and then the phone rings and then there's this shot coming from the floor looking up like through her hair at just her mouth and she's very slowly smiles and she's like it's almost like snap got him kind of thing like Mm -hmm. now i can do this the other thing that involves that scene is when the bag moves for the first time yeah yeah god that i remember watching that the first time and i jumped out of my seat i was like holy oh my shit. God. I,
1: dude, so her apartment is furnished with literally just a phone and this like sack
0: this giant canvas bag yeah that you'd hold like duffel like you'd hold like baseball bats
1: in. <laughs> it's this huge
0: duffel, like canvas bag but, yeah it's and it's nothing it's just bare except for her powered down it's oh it's so creepy
1: it's If you want to be traumatized, watch this movie. I mean, it's actually a good movie. and It's, it's a gotten, very good movie. It's gotten very good reception critically and from audiences, but it is hard to watch.
0: Very hard. And now it's weird because it also doesn't really have any kind of score to speak of. There's no, no. Real music to it. And I think that just makes it even worse when things start to get real creepy because mm-hmm. all you're hearing is the sounds of the things that are happening. Now, the, I'd say probably the creepiest thing about this whole movie and the most disturbing part is when um, Asami says what well, she's, at the end she's torturing Aoyama and she keeps inserting needles in him. Into like his pressure points like for some like, like, reason
1: Mike fucking loves needle torture.
0: Yeah, he does. Yeah, he <laughs> definitely does. And that definitely comes back in Ichi. But um in this, she keeps inserting them. And every time she does, she says deeper, deeper, deeper. But in Japan, in Japanese, that's kitty 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 kitty. <laughs> and she just does this like little sing song way of saying it. And it's like it's- every time she says it, it's like, oh my god, I almost feel that needle going in. <laughs> this
1: brings up a uh, Another comparison to Perfect Blue. It's like when you see the uh, ghost, like the idle ghost, just sort of skipping, skipping away. And... Yep. Oh, it's that. God. It's
0: that. It's that juxtaposition of a very childlike sound, and a very almost happy, like sing songy sound, being put with such a horrific act that she's doing.
1: <laughs> it's like and any horror. This... God. But... Any horror movie where you like hear the children laughing or. That's
0: a staple, yeah,
1: <sighs>
0: yeah. That's that's a staple in every you know mostly bad horror movies because you always get that like like that little kid laughing. And you're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, because you know? like I I recently watched that movie The Boy. Yeah, I watched that and they do that in that you hear like a kid playing mm-hmm. laughing, and I'm like, this is fucking stupid. You know, There's it only works if it's it. with
1: a good scene, but holy exactly
0: shit. like a like a like grinning young woman. Sawing off a foot with a piano wire, yeah. <laughs> you know that's which is what Asami does
1: in this. <laughs> well, that's so we brought up the whole the the dismembered woman at the club that she used to work at. And they're like, yeah, she was dismembered. And when they reassembled the body, they found a couple extra toes and extra tongue. <laughs> they
0: found extra parts, and I thought I laughed at that part. I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> like, that sucks. <laughs> Imagine being the detective on that case. <laughs> I mean, like, oh shit, we got more than we need. Because <laughs> oh, I got more paperwork to do. God damn it!
1: That
0: <laughs> means I have another body somewhere. <laughs>
1: <Shit>. <laughs> it, it's. He somehow sneaks some humor into these very fucked up situations. Yeah,
0: and well, that's the thing. Like with the audition itself, did you notice the one where like the girl's like, "Yeah, I have a friend that does porn or whatever that I do." Yeah, it? and then the like the, the the producer guy's like, he hands his his her like application off to his assistant. He goes, "Hold on to this one for a different movie." <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay, that that's funny." I'll give you that. <laughs> but
1: in the first like most like the first hour run of this movie you could feasibly see it being a kind of creepy drama okay, about about a guy seeking a relationship and oh, this one much. the holy rips the carpet right out from under he's like oh no 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 she is a murderous psychopath who will paralyze you with a nerve agent that makes sure you feel everything but you can't move
0: exactly yeah it's <laughs> Oh, it's so oh, it's so creepy. But she the thing to is, it in the bag. <laughs> yeah, the fucking bag that that goddamn bag. I I remember watching this like watching this again when I first saw that bag because for some reason in my head I'd like blocked it, and then when I saw that bag again, it came running back. I was like, oh, that bag's gonna move. Oh, and I'm, it's like, oh god, it's gonna be so creepy. But there's there's so many of these like weird little things in this movie that. Mike does really well. And it's the it's like I said before, it's the juxtaposition of something seemingly innocent and normal with a completely horrific and violent act. You know, and in Ichi, it's um, Kakihara has a smile, well, literally on his face, it's scarred mm-hmm. into his face, but he's always happy when he's when he's torturing people.
1: Wait, so I did the dark knight taken i'm guessing the dark knight probably took some sort of inspiration from well that's
0: like that's the chelsea or the glasgow smile like that's a that's a gang thing that's been around for a while but i could see knowing nolan he probably saw this it was like i like how that looks i'm gonna bite that (laughs) off and not say anything about it you know (laughs) never acknowledge it but yeah it's i think i think ledger also had design input on that like he they probably had general ideas and he was like oh scars you know let's let's Mm -hmm. do that but um but yeah well in Ichi they're also used in a different way but we'll get up we'll get to it and um sorry I got distracted I have a cat behind me now (laughs) (laughs) that just jumped up on my chair for some reason but um then there's there is the one thing like I said there's no real score to speak of but also did you notice the camera work in this it's, it's all steady cams. It's all steady shots, except for one scene, and it's the scene where um, Osam, um, not Osama, Aoyama and his producer friend are talking in the office, and that's yeah. a handheld camera, and it's very frantic, kind of like somebody here is not right. Something's not right here. And it's the scene where they're discussing, hey, don't call her. We got to check this shit out. Something's wrong. Like, there's a heightened tension mm-hmm. to the scene, and it really does work with him Suddenly pulling the camera so off the tripod or whatever.
1: <laughs> we, me and my friends were actually discussing Shaky Cam because we were talking about the first Hunger Games movies, which mm-hmm. during the games pretty much exclusively uses Shaky Cam. Yeah. And we were like, like after the Bourne series, which did it really well, we were like, yeah, Shaky Cam's dead. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then like after you see Cloverfield, you're like, no, yeah. no more. Please stop. I am nauseous.
1: <laughs> but um, when you use it, like in one scene like if you use it well in one scene it's very good but if you try to use it for an entire movie it's like come on you're trying to give me motion sickness
0: yeah exactly it's like and what the way it's used in this is to heighten or give you unease it's like using a Dutch angle in most other movies like something's off like it just doesn't feel right so you're on edge but this it's like you feel frantic too you're like somebody's in here like it's almost as if they had to edit out like somebody being out of breath, holding the camera, you know, it's like, Oh, we, we just caught up with these guys. They're talking about some important stuff. We have to capture this kind of thing. And it's really well done. And he's, his direction is, it's really good because it's a lot of steady shots. He knows exactly what he wants in a scene and he knows exactly the best way to give it to you. He, he's Mm -hmm. not one of those guys where like, if you're watching hostile, you see everything with the torture. When Asami starts torturing Aoyama, you don't see it all at first. And you only hear her, <laughs> and it's so much creepier that way. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And the torture scenes, like uh, the needle in the eye, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: it's rough. If you have a problem with slow dismemberment, this is also a bad movie to watch. Or especially if you have a problem with needles, <laughs> it really is. Oh really my rough. god!
1: Well, if you have a problem with needles, you have a problem with Miki in general.
0: <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah, he's he's did. I mean. I don't even want to know. It's it's like some directors you just don't know what you don't want to know their mm-hmm. inspiration. You really don't know where they come up with these ideas. You want you want to make sure that that stays in their head. <laughs> yeah,
1: and the thing, like to bring back the whole comparison of American horror versus Japanese horror, like I don't think you even see this level of like uneasiness besides in movies like like era of like the first texas chainsaw massacre movies and you said that like with american horror there's a leash on japanese horror leashes off or anything's fair game
0: yeah and with american horror it's like if it was the 70s or 80s then it was no holds barred wild west do whatever you gotta do to you know like linda blair she was strapped to a violent harness and being completely violently shook around almost broke her back you know Mm -hmm. but that was in you know a time when you could do that to a child in a movie and no one really cared you know yeah it's like whatever and her screams of pain are in the movie and that's her legitimately in pain you know Mm -hmm. and like i'm freaking would fire guns on set just to get people to be startled and fucked up like you can't do that nowadays you know yeah it's because they did it then that people were like wait this is wrong we shouldn't do this anymore it's called acting man you don't need to really torture someone <laughs> but with Mike, it's almost like it's almost like they know and with japan with jay hard, it's almost like they're like okay if you're gonna go this far go this far it's fine and even to the point where asami the actress that played her There's a point where she vomits in a dog bowl and feeds it to the man in the bag. It's actual vomit from that actress. Apparently she was method as hell. And Mika was like, go with
1: it. (laughs) That's, uh, to get it, like, Mika, with this movie, set a precedent that kind of haunted him later in his career. Uh, Because it set up expectations for him where... He was a guy who did ultra horror with sexual perversion and all that sort of stuff. And later in his career, he wanted to do more family-friendly movies. Yeah. And people were like, oh, he's a sellout. Oh, his career's over. And when he did, in, when he did an interview... He said, "If all of his movies could be like Ted by Seth MacFarlane, he would prefer that." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God! Why is that even more horrifying than what he's given us? <laughs> That's so horrifying. I don't even know if I'd want to see that movie. Oh, right, imagine he directed Ted. <laughs> Have you seen? Oh, yeah, Ted? exactly. <laughs> yeah, like him in charge of a talking cartoon bear.
1: Gee, yeah, no. I just I think you can do it. <laughs> well, I was thinking about the creepy guy at the end that dances to uh, "I Think We're Alone Now." <laughs> like oh, <yeah. laughs> when Ted's sneaking around the house and he's doing the weird dance. I'm like, I'm wondering what Mike would have done with that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. It's I. I. I'm glad I don't live in a world where that exists. I mean, I really am. But there's also with this movie, there's a lot of stuff where it's like, did it really happen? No, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of what is the truth here? Like there, because there's a couple flashbacks. Once Um Aoyama starts getting tortured, he kind of leaves his body. Yeah, he does and, like a dream flash, sequence. Yeah, and we flash back to a dream sequence, and but a lot of the dream sequence is just alternate versions of scenes we've already seen, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, well, which one was real? And it it's very it's 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 a weird like twist in a movie that's not been like that up to that point. Yeah. And it doesn't really serve a twi- like a point to like drive home a twist of some kind. It just it's it's almost like he just wants to screw with what people are watching. Oh
1: okay, yeah. He wants to make he wants the audience to not exactly know what they're saying. And I the way I thought about it was it's the whole it was all a dream trope, which is awful in most movies, but he seems to execute it well where you're like, oh no definitely most of this happened but we're just not exactly sure what
0: yeah it's because and that's kind of like the in the entire end sequence when um the sun ends up kicking uh asami down the stairs and she dies she breaks her neck and she's like looking at Aoyama as he's laying paralyzed on the floor um there's a there's a couple scenes right there where it's like oh wait something's going on here like is this really happening is, is this a dream is this another part of the dream like did she actually kill the son like what's going on here it's it's very confusing but it it, it also there's no happy ending to this movie oh no! it's it's not like he like the cops show up and everything's better and his foot gets reattached no, no no he's still paralyzed and you know and almost have dead like on the floor <laughs> and thank you but it's it's, it's very, it's weird because it's like any, a lesser director or a lesser movie, it would feel like a tacked on hacky twist. And it's like, yeah. it's just unnecessary. For this, for some reason, it kind of works.
1: Yeah. And that's something, so tropes work in the hands of, in qualified hands.
0: Exactly. And he's definitely one. Like, <laughs> there's, as, as fucked up as his movies are and as twisted as they are, they are. They make sense, and they have a point A, a point B, and a, and a C. Like you're not, you're not doing loops just to do loops. You know, there's, there's also like, well, again, like the dream sequence also comes up at the end of each the killer. But it's very, his narr- narratives are very straightforward, and you can you're following all of the points. It's just those points are all punctuated with ridiculous, creepy, ultra violence. Yeah, that's and tough to sit through.
1: And-
0: yeah, yeah. This one not so much with the rape on this yeah. one, but there is a there is a weird, well, there is a sex scene, implied sex scene, that kind of sets off a weird, maybe dream sequence. Maybe did it happen? Like, did yeah. she really ghost him at the hotel, or is she really still there? Like, which part of that really did happen? But mm-hmm. it's it is kind of odd. But there there one thing that did strike me as um, hilarious was when Asami's putting the needles in, she swabs him with alcohol first. I was like, oh, that's
1: considerate. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want you getting gangrene or anything. (laughs) Considerate, let it go, Asami, thank you. Well, this was, um, I like to watch What Culture videos on YouTube and they were like horror movie where the outcome's worse than death and ending up in one of Asami's bags is, I think, got number one.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Or, <laughs> like, having those weird, like, foot boots that her stepdad, ballet teacher, whatever I was wearing, whatever, it's like, okay, this is... that yeah, I wouldn't. That.
1: <laughs> we didn't talk that much about the scenes where he's, like, searching for Asami and, like, goes to all the places and they're, like, it, yeah. they're all, like, closed down for a while and
0: or they're shut down there's some mystery around it Yeah, like someone
1: goes missing
0: yeah it's it's kind of like the trope where it's like um it's almost like a ghost story where it's like the person like meets somebody whatever and then they go back to the place where it was and that place is suddenly closed down or whatever and that person uh, somebody goes by and says oh that hasn't been open in 30 years you know it's like oh my god what did i really see you know that but With this, it's like everywhere she goes, it's kind of like you know somebody's dead,
1: or something yeah.
0: massacred, or someone's missing. To be yeah, it's very. And no, go ahead.
1: She so the, the actress. I don't know how to pronounce her first name. It's like E I H I, Ehi, I guess E-hi. E-hi. She, Sheena. But like the Again, way not she, Japanese speaker, so. the way she play goes from innocent to depraved psychopath on like the dime it's so creepy
0: and she's it's I have that too she's very good at it it is she's very good at playing the very demure meek girl to all of a sudden the gleeful practice I'm loving this torturer you know she's yeah she's a different actress it's so good (laughs) And maybe that's, like, the method part. Like, maybe actually being able to vomit in a bowl on camera.
1: Like, maybe that's what does it for, you know? <laughs> the So this gets from Ichi the Killer and this. Like, the whole themes of extreme masochism and, like, BDSM. And
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, like, it's off-putting.
0: <laughs> it is. It really is. Unless you're, I mean... When it comes to horror movies and gore and all that, I am I'm all for it. I mean, I have no problem with gore, I love it, but I there's a certain amount like the like the hostile movies, I'll bring them mm-hmm. up again and to a later extent, and we'll talk about this next week with um our next topic. So the later Saul movies. Yeah. There's there's a lot of those where it's like you hit a point where it's like, okay, this is the natural point to edit this scene. You don't need to keep going. You know it's overkill. You're not proving (laughs) anything here. You're not. You're not doing something different. You're just adding to the runtime. That's all you're doing. Like, how many times can I watch a saw gradually cut through someone's stomach or something like that? It's like I don't. At a certain point, you just want people to hear your actors screaming. That's all you (laughs) want. And if that's the case, then just have them scream. They don't need to be tortured. You can just have them scream for half an hour. It'll serve the same purpose. You know, but in these movies, in this movie, there is, there's a point to the gore. There's a point to the torture, and it's not overtly shown. Like, he's very restrained in what he shows you, at least in Audition. Yeah. In in Ichi the Killer, I think it's kind of the point to show you what he's doing, but it's it's done purposely. It's not just done to be ridiculous, you know? He has a point Mm -hmm. to do it. It's the fact that he does crank it up that much farther that sets him apart from the rest i think
1: Mm -hmm. and and like the whole point of it in this movie is to show how trauma affects future relationships that's my major takeaway in terms of like okay so she associates sex with pain and now she thinks that that's what love is and the wires get crossed and to a major degree and that's how she ends up how how asami ends up how she is
0: well i took it more along the lines of that she has been like burned before like and not (laughs) physically burned Because that's the one thing that's not done in this movie but like i figured like her relationship she's been in she's been with guys that have fucked her over and then she gets to the point where she's like you know what I'm going to turn the tables here. So I'm going to start baiting guys. I'm going to pull guys that are, I can tell are not doing up and up shit, which is this audition. This audition is completely fraudulent that they're doing. It's, it's <laughs> complete bullshit. It's all it is. And I think she knows that. She can see that to a certain extent. Like, I feel like there's maybe a deleted scene or a deleted storyline with her where she's picking her next victim. And kind of sees this guy talking to this producer. Or maybe the producer was the original target. And then she's kind of in the bar. Maybe she overhears their chat or something like that. We don't see this, obviously. It's just my theory. But I think she's very calculated in what she wants to do. And it's not necessarily her reacting to some previous trauma, which she is. It's I think now it's purposeful for her like her relationship she gets into a relationship and then automatically thinks oh this guy's just gonna fuck me over i might as well just kill him (laughs) you know
1: (laughs) i don't know so i like i seen the reviews where people see it like that and i'm not sure i totally agree with it because i think she is almost working off of instinct like at part of it and it's almost an extreme version of Munchauser's, which we'll get into the next scene, where she's going to cripple the guy and make him dependent on her. And I think there's a certain level of the only way she gets off is with this.
0: Well, that's, that's also the thing. I don't think she's staying with him after this. Her, I think her intention is to just straight up kill
1: him. And she's
0: just going to do it extremely slowly. <laughs>
1: I don't know, because I do think that she becomes obsessed with her and like has does have some sort of insane feelings with him, oh, yeah,
0: that, I, I definitely I agree with that. i just think I just think her ultimate motive after that is to straight up kill him.
1: no, I think her motive is to keep him in the sack so that she's de- that, so that he's dependent on her,
0: but is she really taking care of the guy in the sack, though? He's just kind of in a
1: sack. <laughs> <laughs> she feeds him puke for Christ's sake. But but he's not going anywhere. He's not that loving anyone else. It's <laughs> true. But we don't, I
0: mean, we don't see anybody else in the sack, you know? So mm-hmm. either this is the beginning of her, you know, man sacking days, or this is, you know, or it's just the rest have been disposed of, you know, but we mm-hmm. don't really see that. Or it's, you know. Because I
1: can't imagine you live that long in the sack.
0: <laughs> especially if you're missing fingers and tongues and shit like that. But, um, yeah, it's it's really it's it's weird because as as almost straightforward as this movie seems there are a lot of weird ways you can interpret this movie and i'm sure mck wanted that like i'm sure he was like this is the reason why i'm doing this especially why he gives us like the alternate possibilities of what might have happened in their conversations i'm sure that's to spurn like these ideas of what really did or is going on here and it really does make you think and (laughs) it's it's intriguing that way like the gore aside this is a very good like psychological thriller type. oh
1: yeah absolutely and it looks at like the human psyche much better than a lot of movies that try to do it
0: yeah and that's also the difference between um, well maybe not nowadays like with the 2010s are a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff is a lot more cerebral yeah but before when they would try to do this it would basically be oh we've got some highbrow ideas if this is American film I'm talking about if we got a highbrow idea here But in reality, it would end up just being, you know, either evil is punished, like the killer is eventually vanquished and overcome by the hero, or in a rare case, there would be some weird, like scarring of the hero, you know, Mm -hmm. but ultimately it would be a revenge tale. And then the revenge, the the person getting the revenge would ultimately be the villain and they'd be overcome. But nowadays, like I think in 2010s horror, it's like something like Midsummer and midsummer is i love that goddamn movie but it's one of my favorites it's so good but when you're watching it you think oh these kids are going to get away from this place at some point right and spoiler alert they do not <laughs> you know it's <laughs> kind of like and neither does our heroine she completely turns and she is now part of these people and it's like oh okay
1: <laughs> now it kind of reminds me of uh, another movie from that director which is uh hereditary not so much on like the comparison of plot but the comparison of how they use their time where like oh the first 70 percent of this movie is a slow burn where you're hinted that something's off yeah. and then the last 30 minutes it's all ever shit hits the fan everything's insane uh you yeah. throw a book in the fireplace and light on fire
0: <laughs> yeah people like Gabriel Burns on fire Tony Collette's cutting her own head off you know it's
1: <laughs> it's some crazy shit going on there
0: And then there's like a bunch of naked people in the attic, you know? Yeah, like shit like that. It's like okay. But then it's almost like those movies they end, and you go, Wait, what (laughs) you know? (laughs) I need more, I need to know what is going on here, you know. But with this movie and with J Horror, it's all it's all there, I think, on screen. But I think the idea is to get you maybe talking at the end about what you really saw. And it's not like, you know, it's not like a Christopher Nolan where, like, is in did Inception really happen? Is it all okay. a dream? You know, it's like there's a lot of different ways to look at this
1: movie, but it's all there. And it's funny because me and, like, I watched a couple different reviews on it, and it seems like me and you represent the two sides of, like, the two most, like, what people think about it. They're like, oh, you could either look at it as she's sort of, like, a predator on these type of guys, mm-hmm. or you could look at it as... She is being guided for through her drama and doing this off of instinct because of the trauma she experienced, or yeah, I can
0: see that. Yeah, and it's like I I didn't read I didn't read any of these reviews, but Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of different ways, like we said, there to interpret this. But I think I think this is the one of the three that we're gonna talk about. This is the one that's probably and I'm I'm gonna use the term, but I don't know if I necessarily mean it the way I'm gonna say it. It's more it's like the most art. Of all of them, it's the most art house of all of them. Yeah, it's it's not a straight up horror movie, but it's it's a horror movie. Make no mistake of that. But it's it's not quite. It's almost like a. It's like I said, it's like a cerebral horror movie. Like it, it, it does
1: make you think. It's yeah. It's more more so than a horror movie. It's a look at like the human consciousness dealing with certain events.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it's and again you know it's it's for me it's a strong recommend. It's one of those movies where you got to see it. Oh you yeah, know?
1: and I mean it's a great watch. It's a hard watch and it will traumatize tough. you. It's <laughs> tough.
0: Yeah, no, It is very tough, especially if you're not if if you're not good with things being sold off with piano wire or needles. You got to have the needles got me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like the needles in the eyes especially yeah. the foley work on that the sounds of that
1: got me yeah it's um it's definitely an interesting watch and it's hard. It's hard. i'm much better with like quick decapitations saying something yeah. like that than i am with a needle slowly going in your eye yeah.
0: it's it's that it's that slow burn you know it's Anytime anytime something like that takes too long to get done, it's like, oh, come on, come on, come on. But I guess, obviously, that's the point. You know, that's what he wanted to do. So that was 1999's audition. I think we're good talking about that. So why don't we check on our beers? What about you, Mike? How's your Uh,
1: Finished about one and a half. I'm trying to drink these as quick as possible. So I'm using alcohol to deal with the trauma.
0: (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Self-medication has always been proven to be the best way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but um, I'm really enjoying this. I, I, as I said, I love Mars and Lagers, and Twin Lights is a very good brewery. And I'll have to check out Elementary Brewing Company in Hackensack because yeah. apparently they did a. Uh, they worked together on this one. Nice,
0: but uh, yeah, Duhast is mine by Round Guys Brewing in Lansdale. Um, it's it's good, and it's it's weird because like the can art too is. Kind of just weird, like, comic, like, comic can art, and it's, like, this, like, cartoon woman screaming at these, like, weird, like, zombie hands almost. I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but it's, you know, obviously, Duhast is, it's an Octoberfest beer, but a famous Ramstein song, but, oh,
1: yeah. you know,
0: it's, it's a foreign, it's a foreign, uh, a foreign-sounding beer.
1: I... I can't say how happy I am that we decided on like a theme on just the beers and not trying to relate beers to movies. It makes it a lot easier to find the beers yeah, that exactly. I like drink. Especially
0: with these. Especially with like with these movies. Yeah. But um, oh god, I can't
1: imagine the beer that goes with these movies. <laughs>
0: I like I like I pulled with the Studio Ghibli episode, I'd be drinking some Karen. <laughs> oh, okay, did I ever tell you
1: the uh the story behind that with uh the uh the beer that you drank with the bear with deer antlers
0: oh yeah, yeah yeah what about that uh
1: so that's if you mix a bear and a deer you make a beer
0: oh that's right I, i've seen that shirt <laughs> <laughs> i've seen that boardwalk shirt
1: <laughs> well but that's actually why they that beer company's logo is the bear with antlers and that's why oh, they do it <laughs> that makes sense that's good
0: that makes sense all right so that said, we're now on to two thousand and fours one Miss Call, which was remade in the u s. in two thousand and eight by Eric Volate. And, and it was terrible. that movie sucks. <laughs> it's not good it 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 takes all of the elements of this movie and completely disregards any of the actual shit going on, you know,
1: and if I'm being honest, I'm not the biggest fan of the original,
0: but this is it's it's I think it's fine. It's um, Again, this is this is another movie that deals with child abuse. And it's got some, uh, I think it's got some great deaths in it. The first of which is one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> There's some great set pieces in this movie. Very and- much
0: so. And obviously the premise of this movie, in case anybody doesn't know or hasn't seen the remake, because the remake is essentially the same. But um, the premise is these, these characters will get a phone call on their cell phone that is a voicemail from three days in the future. And the voicemail is essentially the moment of right before their death, and the phone on their phone, their cell phone, will obviously say one missed call, you know, and then they have you know three days or whatever until their death, and nothing is going to stop their death from happening, and no matter what they try, and it's it's almost like a like a uh, sped up version of the ring, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like it's three days instead of seven days.
1: (laughs) That's so. I mean, America went through its craze of recreating Japanese horror, and I The Ring was the most successful in terms of, because yeah. that actually got some pretty, like, I think that did the original justice.
0: It's a, yeah, it's actually good. It's a yeah. good movie.
1: The Grudge
0: did an okay job. It's fine. It's fine. But I think The Grudge was done by the original guy, too.
1: Yeah. And then this was like this was 2008. It was like, come on, are we really still doing the Japanese remakes?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's and it's it's also they're doing one that's not like.
1: I don't know. It's not. It doesn't seem like it's as well known. No, know? it wasn't that. I. It wasn't that well received as the original. Like it was okay, really received, but it wasn't like the ring actually got good reviews. The Grudge got pretty solid reviews. This. I mean, it's a 54 on Metacritic, a 6.2 on IMDb, which is like what you expect for a decent horror movie, but it's nothing special. No, and it's, it's almost like,
0: it's weird because like, I would, I would compare it to like the Final Destination movies Mm -hmm. because it's, it's a movie that kind of sets up when a person's going to die and then they try to kill him in the most crazy way possible. Yeah. And It's not just your standard like. Well, it is a ghost haunting, ghost murderous ghost movie, but it's not like um, like with the ring where the person's like got the like the like the like their eyes are kind of stretching, like their features are exaggerated when they die, like that kind of thing. But with this, it's just you're gonna die, and you're gonna die like by mysterious, either a ghost pulling you into an elevator shaft, or you're gonna have a ghost like creeping out from like behind you or whatever, and some Mm -hmm. weird like you know stop motion kind of. Pictured, you know flip book kind of pictures on your cell phone that was kind of odd because they don't do yeah. that for anybody else but um and I think my favorite though though my favorite death was the beginning and because it's this girl Yoko now if you're Yoko named Yoko and you're in a Japanese movie I feel like the Japanese got to know Yoko Ono is not well-received in the United States or yeah. anywhere else in the world, you know? <laughs> like, they got to know that if you're going to kill a woman named, a character named Yoko, you got to do it in a great way. Because everyone kind of hates the name Yoko
1: in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But this girl gets plowed
1: by a train. <laughs> and, and I- completely dismembered. <laughs> Her- for reference, Ross's favorite movie death recently was in the fi- first Final Destination when Terry was like, well, then you can all just fuck her. <laughs> just steps, drop
0: steps fucking dead. it <laughs> With the bus. It's one of the and best deaths in the movie.
1: My favorite part of that is Carter. It has like a slight blood splatter on his face and he's just like, has the most dumbfounded look.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that actor not exactly got much range. <laughs> um, Carter, you dick. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. I love, I love Terry's death in that movie. It's so good. And I this, really is, this death is the most movies. comparable in this movie. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's so good. And um, the best part is now it's, it's also kind of like a running thing with these movies. There is like, cause um, Yoko's hand is completely dismembered from her body mm-hmm. and it's still holding her phone and it's still dialing a number. Which is a theme in with some of the other deaths, because the other deaths the people that people have died, they, their last thing was also dialing this mysterious number, and it's very, it's it's weird because it's like okay, this is kind of odd, but also <laughs> this thing is kind of like this movie's kind of like cell phone. It follows, yeah, and because if your number is in the person that died's phone. The ghost now has their context. So you're screwed. <laughs> well,
1: that's, so It Follows is actually one of, I love It Follows. and I, feel I like was it, fine with it. I thought it was okay. I think it takes a lot from like the tropes of Japanese horror.
0: Oh, it does. It definitely does. Yeah, I can see that.
1: Which, I mean, this movie, so my favorite scene in this movie is one of the girls goes on like to get an exorcism. And oh my god, it's a a live TV TV show. (laughs) And you see, like the goat, like the ghost is like coming at her, and then the exorcism totally doesn't work. The ghost gets in her body, and like she's like breaking all her bones and like contorting. The the best comparison was I think in Saw three or. Four, where they have the guy in like the machine that just twists his legs oh yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. Like the and, it.
1: Yeah, but this has done so much better because you just see her like breaking all her bones and then her, she pulls her own head off
0: yeah that was nuts <laughs> I thought that was insane
1: I was like holy shit I think this movie's kind of average but that scene that scene got me <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In my notes, I'm looking at right now. I just have, why does the ghost lady show up on camera and she made nuts to me rip her own head off. Yes. <laughs> was like, Oh, that was great. But the bit, the craziest part is, is that this is Japanese, this is live Japanese television. You mean to tell me that they are perfectly fine with have, dedicating a show to a girl getting murdered on live television. <laughs> I guess <laughs> yes. I mean it's like holy shit Japanese FCC is very
1: lenient. But <laughs> <laughs> right. I so this movie definitely had in terms of ultra violence this movie's easily the most tame.
0: Oh very much so. It's It's very much like, it's almost like your standard horror movie when you look at this one. It's like, it's got a very simple premise and it's got a very murder by numbers kind of thing. Literal numbers because it's phone numbers, but it's like the next person to die. The next person, this, this is how it's going to happen. It's like I said, it's very final destination. It's kind of like, we know the order. We know it's how it's going to happen we just got to find a way to trick death or skip death or whatever, (laughs) or just have
1: the ghost go in her body and make her break all her bones and rip her own head off.
0: (laughs) Right. That's, that's where the difference is. I think like American horror movies would just have, you know, Terry getting hit by the bus, which a is amazing, but B Japanese horror is like, well, what if the ghost was inside her? Oh, where are you going with this? She's going to break all her bones from the inside and pull her own head off. You sir are promoted. (laughs) (laughs) congratulations you get to work on every other movie we've also this ghost has a sweet tooth <laughs> it's, oh yeah that's right yeah there's also like a uh, a hard candy like found in the throat of every victim because that was what the uh the abusive child, the abusive sister, gave the younger sister after every time she yeah. burn her or cut her or whatever. Now
1: it's the ultimate like older sibling accidentally hurts younger sibling. Don't tell mom. Don't tell mom. Right. Or in this it.
0: case, it's on purpose. Yeah.
1: You know? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you find out that the ghost is a total douche.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It turns. Yeah. It turns out that uh, abusive ghosts are also a. You know, we're also abusive humans.
1: Well, so uh, a lot of the movie thought that. You think that the mom of the two daughters is the ghost killing people,
0: because right, people
1: thought she had Munchauser syndrome and she killed the kids and and the yeah. twist is that the the is it the older sister older was sister. abusive to the younger sister. Yep. And then the mom found out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and the younger sister is now in like a mental institution. Well, it's a home. She doesn't talk, but she's in a home. Uh, like an orphanage, essentially, and um, yeah, yeah. It turns out that the uh, the mom was kind of blamed for everything that was happening, even though she didn't deserve it. And uh, but the younger kid's ghost is the older kid's ghost, the older sister's ghost is the one that's doing all this. But um, yeah, it was it was very it was weird because it's it's also it also has a lot of like horror movie. Well, it's it's more of like action movie cliches. Where, like, the hard nosed cop doesn't believe anything that's going on. Yeah. He's kind of like, he's like, fuck that. You know, it was accidental. Oh, she actually
1: pulled her own head off? Oh, okay. (laughs) This really reminds me of Final Destination 2, because the cop is actually the one, like, helping the, who's supposed to be the final girl in it.
0: (laughs) Right. Yumi is the character. Yeah. But oh, Yumi also, and uh, she was in a little movie called 47 Ronin. Starring a certain Keanu Reeves.
1: <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Power Man 5000. Okay, we can hey, move on. We will,
0: no, we will get to that organically and eat you the killer, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so just <laughs> hang on a minute for that one. But <laughs> there's also, you know, there, there's, again, when we're getting back to Mika and his visuals, his creepy-ass visuals, there is... The one scene where Yumi is kind of they're running around this old abandoned hospital and at one point point all of the like the ghost is messing with Yumi and these various like hands or patients I guess they are are pushing various like jars of liquids out of the doors and putting them on the floor. It's just a very creepy scene. Like and it yeah. does it multiple times. You're like, holy shit, what's going on in this hospital?
1: Like <laughs> the movie these oh, jars. <laughs> the movie also handles jump scares pretty well, where like the ghost sort of suddenly appears. Yeah, like, I'm not usually a big jump scare person, but I do think this movie does it fairly well.
0: Well, the the, the best part is they don't do it with like a big music sting that a lot mm-hmm. of American horror movies do. And with this one, it's your classic person moves. And ghost is in the background, and yeah. you just suddenly notice them. You're like, oh shit, that shadow <laughs> is not a shadow.
1: Again, <laughs> okay, this reminds me of a movie that we will get to next week. <laughs> of oh, the conjuring? Yeah. No, I was gonna say Insidious.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Insidious. We did, we agreed to do Insidious, that's right. But um, yeah, it's it's stuff like that where it's like, okay, but like as a trained, like you know, hard movie watcher, you're trained to look at negative space behind an actor. You know, and because that's where the scare is going to come from, and or obviously there's the cliche of the person that opens the medicine cabinet. When that medicine cabinet closes, someone's going to be right behind them. You know, yeah, that's how it is. And there is a there is a cabinet scare in this one, but it's very slow and subtle. And the ghost of well, there's the ghost is now they go to this house. Um, Yumi and the other the the, the uh, fire detective. Um, they get. They go to the house of the abused, the abuser, the older sister and the, the family, and they are standing in the living room and they kind of, they look up at the cabinets and in the cabinet, you see like nothing, but then all of a sudden there's these little gray fingers that kind of come out and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, what's happening here? And then it kind of, <laughs> the face barely is shown and it just kind of pokes its way into the light and you're like, oh, fuck me that's that's <laughs> chilling that is bone chilling
1: yeah. that's so one thing we did bring one thing that we said with uh the audition was the lack of music yeah. this i think like the ringtone that only happens when the ghost is going like i think they use music fairly well in this movie
0: very well and it, of course the creepy ringtone goes with a creepy doll <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> it comes from a creepy teddy bear of, of course but yeah it's it's so it's i don't know it's there's there's also a lot of bad horror movie cliches in this yeah it's like oh we have a mysterious sound in a creepy hospital better investigate you know instead of running the fuck away you know that kind of thing well this
1: is definitely like the reason that this movie got a remake in american culture and the other two didn't is because this is the most similar to American horror movies.
0: Yeah, it's it's very it's very easily translated to an American sensibility. And of course they would do it wrong. You know they mm-hmm. they would completely fuck it up. But it's yeah it's it's very easily translated to an American movie.
1: Uh, this was definitely my least favorite of the movies we watched this week. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's great. I think I think it has its moments that are awesome but I think it has a lot of moments that I'm like this is just it's a horror movie it's, it's like one of those one of those ones that comes out in October. you're like i don't know if i want to go see it in movies because it's probably not great
0: <laughs> no you're definitely waiting for you know free streaming or something on this shit but yeah i mean well it's there's the trope of a bad horror movie is or not worth watching horror movie i should say is if your general premise can be completely undone by the main character doing one simple thing like i'll bring up the boy again if Lauren Cohen, her character in that movie, sees that she's a nanny of a doll and just says <laughs> whatever and turns and leaves and goes back to the United States, that movie doesn't happen. Yeah. In this movie, and at one point they get they actually go to do this, but they don't follow through on it. If the friend's going to hold of the dead person's cell phone and take their name out of the phone book contacts, This movie doesn't happen anymore, and it's something very. I also
1: love how they get to the dead person and they're holding a cell phone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, then also the cop just produces Yoko's cell phone. Like I took this off the body. Are we going to need it? You know, and he's carrying his own sister's burnt cell phone around, which somehow still works. (laughs) So I guess it was a Nokia that he grabbed.
1: Oh yeah, but but I mean, it was it was. What It was 2004, so yeah, probably Nokia.
0: But it was all flip phone, so I think it was more of a Sprint, because I think I had the phone that they were there using.
1: Did you see that they came out with a modern version of the Razor?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. It's all touchscreen. Yeah, it's just so stupid. Like, what are you doing? Leave that <laughs> thing in 2005.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in middle school when the Razor came out. That was a... That, that was, was like, like the a, phone
0: to have in college yeah. for me. It was like, oh, they got the Razor. Oh, interesting. But it's like yeah oh it's got a color screen it's super thin it's still you still gotta use t9 word to text you know (laughs) it still sucks there was
1: inherently no value in having a razor
0: no it's just it was thin enough to fit more in your pocket you know and it looked kind of cool
1: it it had a sleeker design
0: (laughs) right yeah it was like you know a good camera whatever but it's like uh and especially like with this movie like all of like i don't know if i get i usually associate it with girls like accessories on a cell phone for with girls but I think Japanese culture is very much that too. Did you notice that every one of these flip phones has like a weird little like charm bracelet coming off? Yeah. Of it? I was like, what is this? Even like the even like the dude the um, even like the guy that was in like the camo... He's the second death. He's in the like the camo pants. He's got the hat backwards. He's like, you yeah. know... purpose is like a gangster guy, and he just pulls out the cell phone with like a little <laughs> charm bracelet on. It's like, oh, you're hard, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. You That's must be the <laughs> toughest I member love- of your boy band. <laughs> I love the whole. He's super skeptical, and then he's like, okay, I believe you, and then he's dead.
0: And he's <laughs> completely dead. He just gets dragged into an elevator shaft by a ghost cloud.
1: <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's The way they show the ghost in this, like, when it's, like, interacting with the people, it's, like, weird, kind of creepy, but, like, I'm, like, looking back, I'm, like, eh, it's... That's, that that's a 2004 <laughs> movie for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> It's also weird because when you find out why you find out the abuse angle, which is Mm. one thing, but the way they kind of suggest that the, that the reason the ghost is like spurred on for revenge is because their cell phone service was cut off. Like they make it a point to show that she couldn't pay her cell phone bill. So it was cut off. It's like, is that why she's choosing a cell phone to do these things? Like, is this just a knock at AT&T or Verizon or whatever the Japanese equivalent of that is? And then they also <laughs> had the
1: asthma angle.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. The first two deaths are accompanied by a psst, which is supposed to be an inhaler. But it sounds like the ghost is saying, hey, over here, I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It does. It just doesn't work. I was like, "Wait, is this? Does this? Is this ghost like trying to pull a cat like over to it to give it like, to, like pet its belly or something? Like what's going on here?" It's like, psst,
1: psst, "Come here." Imagine that's how the ghost. That's how you calm the ghost down. They're like, "Oh, he just wants to pet a cat."
0: Okay.
1: Right. Just, psst, psst, come here.
0: Come on. You know, it's like when it's just like. Psst, and then they, they treat it like a reveal, like, oh, that's the same sound the inhaler makes. It's like dun dun dun. It's like, no, that's that's stupid. <laughs> Stop
1: it. Yeah, this so again, that's what so I do think this movie's worth watching because there are some really cool set pieces. Yeah. But my overall thoughts are there's more good than bad, but there is bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's very bland and it's very like generic and especially when it could be remade into a shitty american version it's really disappointing to see that the original japanese one just was only a little bit better you know
1: that's i i can't believe they made the like the ghost visuals worse in 2008's version
0: yeah i know it's yeah it's it's not great um but and then even like the people in in like um, in the remake, it, they, they're just kind of. It seems like they're just people, you know. They're just there to die. Yeah. You know? And I'm looking. I'm trying to look for. I'm trying to make see if the um, the audition, like not the audition, the um, the exorcism scene is on YouTube because that's really all you need to really watch. Yeah. But that's that's probably the best. <gasps>
1: There's detail. actually a. I watched a video of it. It did like a side by side with scenes from the American version and the Japanese version, and the exorcism is one of the scenes. Oh, That was the only place I could find the video.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah, it's like a a 12-and-a-half-minute video. Yeah, just look for that one.
1: I think it's maybe the seven-minute point where the exorcism is.
0: Yeah, if you Google one missed call exorcism scene, it's the second thing that comes up. There's red borders on the picture, and it's got side-by-side Shannon Sassaman and um, our Japanese actress, um, Ko Shibasaki, Shibasaki. But um, yeah, that's that's all you really need to say. That's that's the best sequence of the movie. And I just wonder really, how insane <laughs> it is though. <so. laughs>
1: if you can literally just find like a clip of all the deaths from the movie, you don't really have to watch the movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, as long as you know the general premise that like cell phone messages mm-hmm. are going to predict your death, you're good. It's all you really need to know. But like,
1: it's not a total waste of time to watch. But like, no, I, I don't put it on my soup like. If you like these types of movies, you'll probably enjoy it. It's it's got very good parts, but yeah, it's not overall like the other two movies this week. I would say are like really you should watch them if you can handle it.
0: Yeah, but like there there are and from it's weird to see this movie with uh, Takashi Miike sensibilities because there's one part in this movie that he really kind of dropped the ball that you would think he would have had the the foresight to say when. Yumi and the cop, they they go to the abandoned hospital. They finally find the corpse of the mother, which has been stuffed into a box. And she's a zombie, essentially. And at one point, she comes back. She reanimates, comes back to life. She's coming after Yumi. And the cop buries an axe in her chest. Now, she is a zombie. She is not killable by conventional means. The next time you see her going after Yumi, that axe is not in her chest. Mikay missed missed the opportunity to just have that zombie walking around with an axe sticking out of her chest. I think that would have been great. You know,
1: <laughs> that would have that added something to that scene because really that scene is kind of like you're supposed to be getting to the climax, and that scene is kind of bland.
0: Yeah, yeah, and again, spoiler: alert, it turns out that the ghost just takes over Yumi at the end anyway. And yeah, that's how this this is a franchise, by the way. There's two yeah, there's three of it. these. And a TV miniseries. <laughs> so it's like this this is a popular franchise in Japan, I guess.
1: <laughs> I mean, overall, like so where I would say if like out of ten, I would have said uh I'd say this movie's like a five and a half or so. It's it's fine. It's it's okay.
0: It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. I mean, if you're looking for something better than the American remake, if you're look, if you're, if you're find yourself watching all of our the J Horror remakes and their originals, and you get to this, of course, obviously watch it. But I wouldn't. If you're looking for something a horror movie to watch in October, this one probably wouldn't be on my list. I probably wouldn't recommend this right off the bat unless you've seen everything else and you're like, oh, I need one more. Okay, watch this.
1: (laughs) It's not a total waste of time to watch it. They're good set pieces. They're good deaths. But overall, it's a mediocre movie.
0: Yeah, it's just fine. And, I mean, I'm done talking about it.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: So, final beer check-in.
1: I am on beer number three. Almost on beer number three.
0: I'm halfway through, too.
1: And I... Again, this is the second time that I had twin lights and I like the first beer I had from them. They have some pretty cool can designs. They mostly just do like pattern type can designs. Yeah. Uh but this this is definitely a high recommend, especially if you like German lagers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm good with yeah, round guys brewing. They're October First Beer Doo It's I enjoy it. It's pretty good. Like I said, I'm halfway through number two. Maybe I'll get to a third, but it's 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 good. It's fine. If it's, it's a very middle of the road Marzen, which when it comes to Oktoberfest, it's pretty much what you're gonna get for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But um
1: uh, one thing that this company does, uh with because you know with uh they all most of the uh craft beers have like the plastic thing that hold all the beers together. Yeah. This one has like tabs that you actually just lift up, and the beer just sort of pulls off pretty easily. Cool, that's. And I'm like that. That's innovative. I'd invest well, you in that. Need.
0: I hate those <laughs> fucking plastic because it's it's weird because it almost feels like you're gonna pull it and like rip the top off.
1: Yeah. You know, like none of them come
0: off easily.
1: You yeah, know, this one just has two tabs. Lift them both up a little bit, and the beer comes right off. It's great. I love yeah. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, like the plastic things are good because you can reuse them, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to get the beers, you know, back the and world. they're good
1: because they're recyclable. Like, if you get the like the single use plastic things, you got to make sure you cut them all so that animals don't get them stuck around their head. Yeah, and-
0: stupid fish. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so that's our beers. So, now the final movie we have is 2001's Ichi the Killer. Now, this movie, the Japanese title is also Kira, Shia 1. Yeah. Now, This movie is a amazing, and B, any movie that has the title come out of a puddle of jizz is probably gonna be a great time.
1: (laughs) I, there is a scene in this movie we talked about the guy that has like the scars up his cheeks, where a guy goes to punch him and he. Unhinges his jaw kind of and just eat like has the guy's fist in his mouth. He doesn't unhinge his jaw, he
0: takes out his piercings that are holding the, uh-uh. the cuts together, and that's what allows him to do that. <laughs> now, do you know who plays Kakihara, that character? Uh, do you know what other movies he's been in?
1: Asano, the last name sounds he's in Battleship and uh, thor ragnarok
0: he's hogan what?
1: he's one of the warriors three man no shit huh?
0: so this man is in an mcu alumni that's awesome yeah so yeah this is 2001 this is obviously seven years or well nine years before you would play hogan and uh thor but it's yeah he's and he's so good he is great in this movie. and for
1: those of you who don't know which one hogan is well, besides the obvious point that he's the Asian one, he's, <laughs> but uh, he's also the guy that stands up to Hella at a, uh, like she's standing there. She's like, did you just, did you not listen to anything I just said? Whoever I am. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. He's, yeah, that's him. He's, he's the last of the Warriors three to die.
1: <laughs> but um, yeah, this is the most fucked up version of the Joker I've ever seen.
0: Absolutely. Now, with this movie, I will say that I see this movie as a parody of 90s comic book movies.
1: A lot of people, 90s comic books, I should say. A lot of people see it as like a horror comedy type. Uh, I could see that. Again, I watch a lot. So I like to watch the reviews on some of the movies before we come on here. And I've seen people are like, there's two hard stances. Like, yeah, it's a parody. You can call it a horror comedy. And then there's one that it. they're like, there's a bunch of rape scenes in this movie. It's not a horror comedy.
0: Well, yeah. Obviously, because, yeah. you know, rape not funny. 99.9% of the time, rape is not funny. I mean, we're talking two clowns getting raped. I might be laughing, but <laughs> it's, it's again, it's, it's an act that is not a funny act, but This, that's why I don't see it as a comedy. I see this because, you know, growing up with, you know, comic books in the 90s, they were so extreme, you know? Everything was extreme. You know, every character was just, you know, this violent, ultra cool, you know, just tortured guy. And with this, I could definitely see it as a parody of those comic books because (laughs) the villain, per se, in quotes again, is Kakihara. Who is the aforementioned scarred, you know, Glasgow Joker smile. He's he's a yoke he's a yakuza enforcer. Now he's the guy that tortures the shit out of people mm-hmm. to get answers for the yakuza. And
1: uh, he I has guy. a he has a quote where they're like, what are you doing, Kanye? He's like, just torturing him.
0: <laughs> torturing him. Yeah. And he does it with a smile on his face, you know, literally, and he's happy too. <laughs> you know, it's but then there's Ichi the title the killer Ichi is he's a superhero in the sense that he is he's a guy who fights bad guys Mm -hmm. now the only way he can do that is if he is weirdly sexually turned on and completely out of his mind like sad or scared he's
1: not a hero he is a nut (laughs) it's like the first introduction you get to him is they show him at like a service type job and he's crying
0: no technically the first time we see him is him jerking off outside of a window (laughs) yeah
1: the first time you see his face clearly
0: Right. When you're when you're introduced to in him not jerking off into a plant because he's watching a prostitute get beat up by her pimp, and that turns him on, so he ejaculates on her on her balcony. Yeah,
1: this is there's so much to unpack with this movie. It's it's kind of ridiculous. It is. It's and
0: I think that's actually the point. Yeah. Like it's supposed to be over the top, completely insane, and it's now. I could be completely wrong. Miike could have set out to make a serious adaptation because this is also a manga manga Mm. comic as well. Yes. You know, he very much could have set out to make a serious adaptation of that. I don't know. I don't know the man.
1: (laughs) It is. A lot of people theorize that the manga is meant to be like a parody type interpretation of Batman.
0: Of Batman, though? Of Batman? Really? Like, I mean... Almost but it's it's because like, the way that Ichi is born per se we'll say in quotes is that you're led to believe that he has seen a girl getting gang raped and he's standing helplessly by the side but she makes eye contact with him and he for some reason thinks that she wants him to rape her. yeah like, he can't do it. So now he's got these weird repressed things where like violence turns him on. And especially violence towards mm-hmm. women turns him on. And then it's found out that that never happened. He nope. was. False he memory. He hypnotized. hypnotized. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hypnotized, false memory implanted in his head. Now, the weirdest thing is, I don't know if I could see the Batman correlation because n- no one's killed. And mm-hmm. like the Waynes aren't, the Waynes obviously weren't raped to death. Yeah. They were shot, very famously shot. And, no there's no death involved with his inspiration he's just a weird kid that gets turned on by the wrong things
1: Mm -hmm. but i think it's more so i think he wanted to make the most depraved kind of weird version of uh, the vigilante type superhero oh absolutely absolutely i could see that And batman is the most famous version of the vigilante type superhero
0: Right. Well, yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that. And that's why I think this is more of a parody of 90s comics, because mm-hmm. even though Batman did and has gone through his very gritty, dark, uh, break everything, don't kill him, but break all their bones phases. I would say this is more along the lines of something like Spawn, where the whole purpose of the character is just to be edgy. And he's a dead man back for revenge. And, It's like, oh, look at this. It's Wanda was raped, and all the like, it's it's all this shit that Todd McFarlane came up with. It's like, oh, this guy is he's dead, but his you know, his ex-wife was you know abused, or it's it's all these dumb 90s aggro stereotypes that were just of their time now. Mm I could see that this movie very much parodies that because that's literally the point of this movie. Everyone in this movie is completely over the top, aggro and psychotic. There are no normal people in this universe.
1: I There's a, uh, an animated prequel that came out in 2003 that I feel like I have to watch now.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. And also because I was reading up on this jet, like Japanese direct to video stuff is almost completely unregulated. Like you can do whatever you want with that just because it's going straight to video. It's almost as if a theater release is like, okay, you got to make that legit. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to go straight to video, do whatever the fuck you want. And with this movie, my God, if you let them do whatever the
1: fuck they want, I don't even know if I want to see that.
0: (laughs) Cause again, the titles come out of a pool of (laughs) jizz.
1: I feel like I got to read the manga for this. Like i I feel like I owe it to myself to really understand what's going on here. Yeah. It's, it's there a- was like, there's a three-year manga run between 1998 and 2001. And I mean, like, you're, so Ichi himself is like, he's a man child. He's,
0: I would say he's a very stunted actual child. He just happens to be a, an
1: adult by age, you know? One of the best parts of this movie is when uh, Ichi and uh, and Ka- uh, Kakihara Kakihara meet and is like really? This is it? Like it
0: is you? really?"
1: Well the whole point of it is Kakihara doesn't want to find Ichi to kill him he's like because Kakihara gets off from getting the shit kicked out of him and yep. he's like oh this Ichi guy he he might be able to turn me on.
0: <laughs> he's, that's the thing. Kakehara has been like on a lifelong quest to try to reach the levels of uh, pain that's been inflicted on him by his former boss, who has mm-hmm. now been missing. He was, uh, he's the head, of, he was the head of the Anjo gang, which is what he was. And he's gone missing. And apparently he's the only one that's ever gotten um, Kakihari to the point where he's like, I'm feeling things, you know, mm-hmm. like I feel emotions and he hears all and he sees the aftermath of everything that ichi Ichi has done he's like this is the guy this is the dude that might be able to get me there again
1: and uh with so the fact that that is his that's kakiara's inspiration for finding his boss he's like he's the only one that can get me off
0: essentially yeah it's yeah it's weird but um Yeah, because he even tries. There's this prostitute named Karen, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) um, Like, because it's not a Japanese name, it's just Karen. And she
1: speaks in English sometimes.
0: Half English, half Japanese, mostly English, though, which I, yeah, that struck me as very odd as well. Yeah. It doesn't really, it doesn't really, it doesn't really serve a purpose. Like, they're not in the United States, you know? They're not in like little Tokyo or something like
1: that. No, this is a straight up lift from the this is the japanese movie that we watched with english subtitles and yeah, for some I mean, reason she speaks in english some of the time
0: yeah it's really when she and when she started doing it, i was like holy shit what 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 wait why mm-hmm. why is she doing this like it really put me on edge and you know? i was like oh okay but he um he kind of recruits her uh her recruits her to his side and he has her uh, try to torture him and she just can't do it she just can't hit him right. And she's she's not putting enough behind her, enough emotion yeah, into it. That's what he gets into a scene. He's like,
1: come on, if you're going to hurt someone, you got to put feeling into it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, stop. It's like Morpheus. Like, stop trying to hit me and hit me kind of thing, you know? <laughs> but yeah, he he just, he he's on his never-ending search to find the ultimate pain high, basically. <laughs>
1: There's some of the quotes in this movie, we brought up to, it was like, uh what the fuck do you think you're doing? He's like, just a little torture. <laughs> yeah, a little torture.
0: Then there's <laughs> but one of
1: the one of the best quotes is he finds they find the money that he that people think that his boss Anjo ran off with. And he tastes blood on it. He's like, oh yeah, that's definitely Anjo.
0: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's pretty good too. But um <laughs> then there was then there's also Ichi's got the line. And he killed like the prostitute that was he watched, he jerked off to watching getting beat up. He kills the guy that was beating her up, the pimp. And then he says, Oh, I killed him for you. Oh no, but don't worry, from now on, I'll beat you up. (laughs) He's like, Yeah, oh Oh, okay, thanks, man. (laughs) Why don't you just finish the job and kill me? I'd rather be dead, which she ends up doing. He ends up doing because he doesn't cuts her foot
1: off first. Yeah, he
0: does end up killing her. But then there's Kakihara's sincere apology for torturing the wrong guy, where he cuts off half of his tongue. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I was like oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> they were like, they were like, oh, you can pay us this, then you can pay us this. And normally, so the Japanese tradition would be to take cut off your pinky because, or, that- or,
0: or more fingers depending on how severe the uh, the affront uh, mm-hmm. or offense was.
1: But generally speaking, the pinky, because that's the str- when you grip a katana, the pinky is the strongest grip out of your fingers if you yeah. grip a katana properly.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he he decides to pull out his tongue instead, and because I don't know, I guess that was the thing that believed I don't know whatever. It's, this dude loves. Pain, you know, and so he cuts his own fucking tongue. But the best part is he answers the phone right after doing that, and they have one little bit where he talks like his tongue has been cut out. You know, it's like he can't say. He says "s" is like T's and "h"s, but then he goes right back to talking normally.
1: He's under the whole movie. He's under the belief that it will grow back.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> the human body regenerates is what he says. I was like, I don't think that's what happens. But, <laughs> he goes right back to talking normally. I was like, oh, come on. I kind of wish he went the rest of the movie because this happens like 20 minutes into the movie. I kind of wanted him to go the rest of the movie talking like he had it, like, bitten his tongue.
1: <laughs> but, it's it, some of the dialogue in this movie is absolutely absurd. I hope when he's just like, wow, this is great.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so crazy because there is there's so much going on here that I definitely see as a parody. Like yeah. I don't if if you're to watch this movie and see it as just a gory action movie, I don't think you're watching it right. Yeah, yeah. there's very much something going on here where it's like it's almost like Mikay wanted to tell, and again, haven't read the manga. So I don't know how much of this is him or how much of this is adaptation. If he wanted to just tell this story of, because this is again, 2001, there have been some comic book movies and obviously 90s comics are huge at this point. The the comic books are still, the bubble hasn't really quite burst yet. If he sees this, and this is like some sort of social commentary, it's like, this is what kids like nowadays. I'm going to take it to that nth degree And I'm going to show you what a real parody of this Mm shit really is. And to have your Batman Joker kind of situation going on here. Now, this is where the Batman comparison, I think, really does work because Kakihara is the Joker. Even he wears all purple most of this movie.
1: Yeah, he does his best. Uh, He dresses up as Prince at one point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, yeah. I also love his all plaid suit. I, yeah. I love the all plaid suit that he's wearing. It looks fucking great, and it's so great because I'm looking at this guy. He's got like the bleached like mm-hmm. like hair too. I'm like, I want this guy's look like he looks cool,
1: but even the so the relationship between Kakihara and Ichi the killer is probably the best comparison you can get with the Batman Joker where yeah. it's like the whole line, I don't want to kill you. He's like, I wouldn't be complete without you.
0: You complete me.
1: You know. <laughs> that that relationship, like Kakiaro doesn't want to kill him. He wants him to be like his
0: he wants him, like, he, foil. Foil essentially, yeah. And he cause he's all he's it's normally with Batman and the Joker, it's it's a very it's a complimentary relationship. The Batman is the ultimate in justice. The Joker is the ultimate in violence and vengeance and crime. And they come, they're the opposites through the yin and yang situation going on there. With this, it's a very S relationship. You know, yeah. Takihara is a masochist issue without even knowing it is a sadist. And it's for Kakihar to notice him. He's kind of like, oh, that's the guy. He's like, that's the guy I need. That, that's the one I need. I don't need a safe for with that guy. Like, he's going to be great. <laughs>
1: and then I think that this rule, like, this perceived relationship between these two builds up to what is ultimately kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> oh, especially. so, And that's kind of the point. It's blue balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Kaki Hara gets blue
0: balls from him because he realizes... Ichi starts crying at the end, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The dude that can do all the shit I've seen, he doesn't cry? No. He's like, there's no crying in murder. Kind of <laughs> thing, you know? it's like, There's no crime
1: in killing all the Yakuza. What the fuck? <laughs> and it's like, so... uh, Like, when he's torturing, is it Suzuki that he tor- or is he su- Suzuki. It was- the guy with the yeah. needles with the, uh, yeah. the,
0: the hanging torture? Yeah, it's yeah. Suzuki.
1: So, Kakiara, he's very intimate about his torture. Like, he yeah. sees torturing someone as an intimate experience. And he sees pain as an intimate experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. It really is, you know. For someone to hurt
0: you on purpose, mm-hmm. that's an intimate thing. You know? Mm-hmm. You're, it, you're, it's like boxing, you know, in MMA or whatever. You know, you can see it as two guys pummeling each other. But in reality, when you watch it, these two guys are very close. They're grappling. They're they're <laughs> literally hugging sometimes and beating each other up, you know? Like violence can be a very intimate act. Just and, and especially if you're going for like an SM kind of vibe. That's the whole <laughs> point, you know? But it's it's
1: very give and take with the with this guy. And he's very so one of the lines he says. I'm paraphrasing because the translation's everything. He was like, When you're hurting someone, don't focus on the pain that they're feeling, focus on how giving them that pain makes you feel.
0: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it's that's kind of like the whole that's like a great nutshell of this movie. You know, he's he wants to focus on the pain he'll receive from Ichi. And it's almost like he wants to see from Ichi's perspective how giving that pain to him will feel, you know, but he can never experience it.
1: And we didn't even talk that much about the insane gore in this movie, because cutting the tongue off, tip of the fucking iceberg with this. Yeah, that's,
0: that's that's nothing compared to what happened. There's an entire room of yakuza who are reduced to body parts and organs at one point Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know Kakiha really needs to find the uh I think he'd be happiest if he found the the puzzle box that released the Cenobites
0: <laughs> oh the, the lemon configuration yeah, yeah. <laughs> with hellraiser to get
1: pinhead in there yeah oh yeah can you imagine the uh the he'd crossover with kakihara with that you'd, like they'd come out there'd be splicing and he'd be like yes this is amazing it
0: would be it would be simultaneously the best hellraiser movie and the worst <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because he would love the whole thing the whole time <laughs> <laughs> there would be no pain there would be no end you know the hellraiser like pinhead would be like i have such sights to show you and he'd be like yeah, yeah, bring it on. It's cool. Let's do it. Let's do this.
1: No safe words here. Let's go.
0: Let's just fucking do this, man. It doesn't matter. Like the pins, waiting. i waiting too. Let's do this. What are we waiting
1: for? We gotta let's start the then, shit. Yeah, yeah.
0: Let's let's talkie. Let's talkie. Let's do this, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care, but whatever, dude. Let's just uh, leather cool, great. You know, stick some pins in my head. Let's go. <laughs> but it's it's so crazy because there's also the like the little tiny things in this movie, did you notice the video game they're playing that Ichi plays? No. It's Tekken Tag,
1: baby. <laughs> I love Tekken Tag. That's one of my favorite video games as a kid. I used to play the shit out of that game. <laughs> Wait, can we, can we talk about the fact that they have Tekken Bowling in that? <laughs> yes.
0: Well, that's in 2, I think. I think that's in 2. No, that was in 1. Was it in 1? Yeah, because I never played 2. Oh, yeah. Tekken Tag 2 is pretty good, too. But, um, I yeah. I didn't
1: like two because you didn't have to unlock any characters. My favorite part of fighting games is unlocking all the characters.
0: That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and here's the other thing with this movie is this is the first of the of the well of the three that we watched, the first one with an actual score like with a soundtrack going to it. Now the soundtrack is very much like the background beat of Power Man Five Thousand. Like yeah. this is <laughs> very much late. 90s early 2000s like industrial weird pop metal kind of thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you like Neo when Neo goes to the club in the Matrix this is what you hear you know
1: (laughs) so are we saying that the Matrix uh hackers and Ichi the killer are all related somehow
0: god I wish they were that would be so good
1: that would be amazing (laughs)
0: it'd be a hell of a world to live in
1: imagine they wake up uh either Ichi or (laughs) Kakiara And the Matrix.
0: Whoops. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Suddenly Agent Smith's on the run wants Neo's help kind of thing. What did you do? What did you do?
1: (laughs) Cocky Hart's
0: like, come on, Agent Smith, hurt me. (laughs) Like, god damn it. Jump into me. (laughs) Come on, Neo, jump into me and kill me. Oh, the girl in the red dress. Oh, yeah. I got a needle sticking out of her face. How about that? Come on. (laughs) The
1: the hackers are going up against Kakiara.
0: (laughs) He's the plague. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's, oh.
1: Oh, The plague is going up against Kakiara.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hack the planet. (laughs) Yeah. Kakiara has hacked the planet in a very literal sense. But, um, yeah, it's there's so much like and also like the gore in this movie that's why again i'll bring it back a circle back again to being a parody There the levels of gore in this movie are completely off the charts oh yeah it, it, there's no way they were meant to be realistic this was meant to be comedic levels of gore in this movie
1: yeah no i agree with that like you see, it's just a bit of torture. The guy's like chained up. He has like hooks under his skin. He's he's hitting a needle through him. And he poured boiling water over him.
0: Oil. Because he's Oil. making tempura while uh, yeah. he's torturing him. That is such a fucked up thing to do. <laughs> you're cooking dinner while you're torturing somebody? Fuck you, that's evil. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's a level of disconnect that only the best torturers have, you know. It's like, oh, I got this guy hanging by hooks six feet away, but I'm I'm kind of craving <laughs> temp <more> shrimp. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now imagine Hogan had his appetite for torture, and then Hella shows up. He's like, "This could work. <laughs>
0: this this is perfect. I love this. You no, know, yeah, shove your swords through me. I don't care. This is great. <laughs> this could work. <laughs> yeah, exactly." But it's like, oh, it's, it's so crazy because then I'm trying to remember the character. I have it here in my notes that there's a character doing sit-ups at one point saying, I want to fuck, fuck, fuck. I want to fuck, fuck, fuck. Was that Ichi or was that Kakihara? I
1: think it was Ichi.
0: I think it's Ichi, right? Like when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like this is just the right level of insane that you need in this movie. (laughs) And also, every person, like every character in this movie, seems to live in a shoebox. Oh, yeah. Like, all their shit's so small. So small. Now, I know the Japanese are a tiny people compared to us giant Americans, but this was almost, again, comedic levels of tiny. <laughs>
1: well, while I was looking at traveling in Japan, like hotel rooms over there. It's like one twin bed in a very small room. And
0: yeah they 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 cannot handle our gigantic american sensibilities i guess
1: it's a, <laughs> a different lifestyle <laughs> oh absolutely yeah it's it's the very
0: definition of east versus west you know yes. it's it's very much two very different cultures and with their movies uh it it shows like it really does and whether we're talking about studio ghibli where Animated characters like the the quote unquote villains aren't even technically villains in that. Mm -hmm. And whereas you look at our animated villains, they're villains, you know, Scar, Jafar, you know, Olivar, even in Toy Story like Lotso, you know, they're they're all punished in some way, and evil does not prevail and they don't have a good time at the end of the movie.
1: I still argue that uh Sid didn't deserve what came to him.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, he's traumatized, but then he is a well-adjusted member of society. He's a garbage man later, so he's 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 fine. But when it comes to horror movies, Japanese horror is very much more along the lines of like the spiritual ghost haunting ghost revenge ghost movies. And whereas American horror, we have those aspects of movies, Mm -hmm. but we're much more slasher flicks. Those were that was our heyday. That's the American heyday of horror. And Japanese
1: even does the gore better than us. Absolutely. Though some of the CGI in this movie, like when you see the guy get his head split in half, that was that looked
0: bad. (laughs) It was two thousand one. You know, it probably wouldn't look great if we did it either. But you know, when it comes to like American horror, it's like kill the hot babysitters kill the hot teens have the psychomaniac with the weapon completely slash the shit out of him or if you're getting later 2000s or even that it's like whatever the goriest way to kill somebody is just do it for the sake of it being a gory kill you know it's revenge usually Mm -hmm. and it's usually somebody putting somebody through a torture rack for some obscure reason you know like jigsaw like oh my wife's health clinic was brutalized by a gang member and my wife lost her like by a drug addict my wife lost her baby like oh that's why i'm gonna set off because you can't help these people you can only hope to torture them you know that's essentially i think the plot of saul six you know five or six yeah but
1: i the saul movies run together once you get past three
0: absolutely yeah exactly and but there's such... An, uh, the American sensibility with horror is more alone. Not so much nowadays. Nowadays, we're kind of getting... We're letting the people with some ideas kind of make these movies and go free, like Midsummer and mm-hmm. um, Hereditary or even... Or even um,
1: we'll get into James Wan, which I think he's... Between The Conjuring, The the uh, Insidious and the first Saw. Yeah. he yeah. I would consider him one of the Best modern American horror movie makers.
0: Yeah. And it's it's like you're you're watching, this. even when you get to the legends like Wes Craven, George Romero, these guys, there is a certain amount of just you know, kill for gore. There's there's commentary underneath a lot mm-hmm. of it, but for the most part, it's get to the next death, get to the next murder, get to the next kill, that kind of thing. And with Japanese horror, it's very much. It seems like, yeah, it's intimate. It does. It seems like it's a very, they're not like One Miss Call is close to Final Destination, mm-hmm. but when it comes to Audition or The Grudge or The Ring, these are all things that are like, they're very specific ideas and they're very, they're basically just haunted movies. There, there is, I don't think there is such a thing
1: as a Japanese slasher.
0: I really now, don't think my- there is.
1: My absolute favorite uh, Japanese horror movie. It's a Japanese monster movie. It's The Host. Perfect. It's a great one. I thought that was Korean, though. Is that Bong Joon-ho? Oh, yeah. I think it is Korean because it does. It takes place in Seoul. Yeah, it's Korean.
0: But that's either way. It's Asian. You know, it's it's Eastern, or or at least from relative to us, it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that like, in terms of monster movie, I don't think America's made a better one.
0: No, I mean, well, we're, that's not really our thing either. We're not really monster movie people, you know. Got, obviously, Japanese with Godzilla and all that, they created the monster movie. We have Anything. Universal, we have Dracula, we have Frankenstein, we have the Mummy, we have all those original monsters. But I think Jap- Japan really made the, the 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 their mark with those movies.
1: Kaiju, the Kaiju type. The Kaiju,
0: that's right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, but uh, so apparently that uh. Oh, God, we brought it up earlier. What's a giant monster that attacks New York with Shaky Cam? Cloverfield. 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 Cloverfield took a lot of inspiration from the host. Oh, very much so. You can definitely say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's
0: it's weird because, and every time there's, like, an American remake of a J-horror movie, the inevitable criticism becomes it just didn't capture the original's vibe, you know? Yeah. It just didn't do it. The Ring is the exception. Yeah, the
1: ring they did do the ring did justice to the original.
0: Right now, it's almost like I want to see the opposite. I want to see the Japanese remakes of like American movies. Mm-hmm. I want to see if there's like you know you take like your Friday the Thirteenth or you take like your Sleepaway Kids, like some of our lesser shitty slashers, and you have like a Japanese remake to see if they would even do it. Or if they would strike the same tone, I feel like there would be a very different tone. Like like um, Jason, instead of being an undead killing machine, who is it was a um, a child that drowned originally due to camp counselor negligence. Yeah, I feel like in if they made a J horror remake of that, he would be a ghost. He would be some sort of supernatural ghost entity. Of Wait, some so
1: the like uh. With Japan, they some of their urban legend ghosts are so fucking scary. Like I've read a couple of their urban legends. One is known as uh, it's like the Japanese scissor ghost. She's uh, she's called Kuchisake Ona. Sure. And she it's uh, if you walk around the streets at night and it's a foggy night, a lady might come up to you wearing a mask. And if she pulls the mask off, she has like a scar across her face, and she'll ask you, Do you think I'm pretty? Yes. And
0: yes, you're gorgeous, man.
1: <laughs> well, if you say yes, she'll use her scissors to make your face look like oh, hers. Fuck. <laughs> but if you say no, she'll kill you. <laughs>
0: of course. Well,
1: so I guess the answer is,
0: Well, compared to who? <laughs> right,
1: so ah, the, to me, okay. the, to meet the around. ghost. To beat the ghost, you got to say something like, I'm in a relationship. I don't look at other women that way. Ah, (laughs) Oh,
0: all right. All right. So it's (laughs) it's like, (laughs) it's the perfect ghost for like a jealous girlfriend.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But the whole, so the, like the, 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 I believe the story behind it was her, she was caught cheating on her husband or something. Okay. So to make sure she would never cheat on him again, she dis he disfigured her face with scissors.
0: Of course. So it's a and, know how you, you know how it got these scars mm-hmm. situation kind of thing. Speaking of the okay, I, I,
1: there's, <laughs> there's another thing that's like make sure you always carry like a pocket full of marbles with you because if you throw them at her, she'll get distracted by them and you can run away. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What a ridiculous way to defeat a ghost.
1: Here, look over there.
0: Bye. Ooh, ooh. It's like it's like faking out a dog with a tennis ball and not throwing it, you know?
1: But it's like if you uh, there's I think it's Ireland where they have all the fairy myths, like don't mess with a fae. Yeah. Where if you if there's a violent fae trying to attack you, if you have sugar and throw it at them, they'll have to sort out and count every individual piece of sugar.
0: <laughs> oh my god, talk about OCD. <laughs> but yeah, or you just have a bunch of iron on you. Apparently that that fucks with the fairies.
1: Yeah. Well, well yeah. iron apparently works with ghosts with fairies. Like iron's a very powerful substance. It's apparently, fucking
0: everything, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's like ah oh man, it's it's like, it's shit like that where it's like oh. We live in the United States. We we have what you know, the Mothman. That's about and all we since got. Since we're in Jersey,
1: we have the Jersey Devil.
0: Yeah, we have the Jersey Devil, who's really just a deformed kid. When you think about it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like, oh, okay. What a Wait, what actually, great so, like, myth!
1: Some of the Native American ones, like from the
0: Skinwalkers. The Skinwalkers yeah, right. is
1: what I was thinking.
0: Yep so good like it's great to have like a culture like that yeah in the United States we don't necessarily have like we obviously we have the the uh the individual cultures like you know Native American or we have our little local urban legends you know but when you get like an entire country's worth of like scissor ladies and shit like that it's like oh okay there's something next level about (laughs) that that is just so good.
1: Like, there's another one, uh, I forget what what, they all end in Ona if it's a female spirit. It's like O-N-N-A. Okay. But, um, so she's like an ice spirit, and if there's a snowstorm, she'll try to lure men out into the snow so they freeze to death.
0: Oh, it's Japanese evil Elsa?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it.
0: But yeah, it's like, and I just, we don't Maybe it's because we don't have that here that there's that's we have our haunted house movies, we have our ghost movies, but we don't really have at least none of the good ones like we have the fucking bye bye man for Christ's sake like that's that's one of the shittier horror movies that have come recently but we don't have. These, like, culturally ingrained legends like this, that create such great horror movies.
1: I've read a bunch of, like, there's a bunch of lists it's, like, the scariest urban legend that come from each state. Let me tell you how lame Delaware's is.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, is it, is it about, you know, like, Dewey Beach or something?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. There was a judge whose name was, his last name was Achu.
0: Oh, and they Christ.
1: called him Mr. Achu, and everyone made fun of him for saying God bless you. And you're like, if you in if you invoke the rest of Mr. Archu, it'll make you sneeze yourself to death.
0: That's a fucking, <laughs> that's a fucking Robin Hood Men in Tights joke. <laughs> and that's an <laughs> urban legend. Are you kidding me? Does Mel Brooks <laughs> get credit for that?
1: I think Pennsylvania had a guy that was like He was known as, like, the glowing man that, like, would walk around at night and people see the glowing guy. And I think he turned out to be real because he suffered from radiation poisoning and actually liked to walk around at night. And he wasn't a monster. He was just, like, a dude that didn't like to go out during the day because he was disfigured.
0: Yeah, he was just some dude with horrible cancer. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it's, there's just, there's all the, we have all the little local shit, but no one's really made. They all make for, like, straight to Netflix streaming bad horror movies, you know? Or they're like January horror movies, like The Bye-Bye Man, or, you know, The Boy, or some shit like that. Even though The Boy takes place in London. (laughs) Yeah, uh. the...
1: Some of the... There are so many bad horror movies that come out, and what there's The Bye-Bye... The Midnight Man is another one. Apparently, that comes from allegedly that comes from a nordic or gaelic i think urban be. legend
0: yeah i mean it could be it's it's like it seems like just to get your name like your foot in mm-hmm. the door of horror around here like you have to come up with something ridiculous you have to crank out an hour and 30 minute you know shitty horror movie mm-hmm. and then if it does even kind of okay then you get to do your you know the one you want to do or yeah you have to do you know you have to fight to get your actual original one made kind of like the original Saw. you know, it's like, mm-hmm. that was made for like a million bucks and it was essentially shot on like home video, like camcorder. Well, a lot of
1: the best horror movies are ones that studios don't get to mess with really. Yeah,
0: exactly. And with Japanese horror, you don't, I don't ever get the sense that there's anybody over there saying, okay, don't do this. Just yeah. Or else, uh, ichi the killer would not have been made <laughs> no fucking way would it have been made. you know but it's yeah again like i've said numerous times mm-hmm. the title of that movie comes out of a puddle of again real jizz also you know it's like oh okay you do that in an american movie everyone is fired everyone involved with this movie is fired and brought up on charge there's <laughs>
1: I've watched videos on, like, movies where they're, like, they wanted to do a real sex scene or something. And since we were drawing comparisons with Batman and Ichi the Killer, it's only fair to bring up our most recent Batman, Robert Pattinson, where there is a movie where he actually, they show his face and he actually jerks off on camera because he wanted to get his real O face.
0: (laughs) I mean... There's method and then there's method, you know, it's like, all right. Okay. You couldn't do this in a mirror and then replicate it, man. You had to actually do it on camera. What's the matter with you? What's well, like the, what the Brown bunny where Chloe seven, actually blows a guy, you know, it's like, yeah. okay. It's like, this is called acting for a reason. You know, you don't, if you want to do porn, do porn, you know, you don't need to do this, especially it's like, for what purpose? Who's this for? Who?
1: Who is like, and oh my god, a- I
0: wish that was his real O face, you know?
1: And then there's the whole Billy Bob Thornton, uh, Hallie Berry sex scene where people are like, not sure if it was real or not. Right. Yeah. It's like,
0: it's like, okay, why? You can't act. You like, at a certain point, you just got to be like, look, we want to have sex, right? Let's just do it. You know, it's, it's for the
1: movie. Well, I was- just won't film it. <laughs> Birdman. Uh, ugh. Oh, oh, God. Edward Norton's character wants to have actual sex on stage. Yeah, it's like, it's like what are you doing? What,
0: just what are you doing? And it's it's almost like it, it should translate. If, I feel like that should translate to horror movies at some point, where it's like, should we actually make a snuff film? Should we kill somebody?
1: Well, that, <laughs> well- <laughs> that's when you get to something like uh, Cannibal Holocaust and... Yeah, where they actually had the people like go into, they had the actors go into hiding. So people thought it was a real snuff film.
0: Yeah. it's And then, you know, of course there was the lesser version of that, which was Blair Witch, where it was like, yeah. oh,
1: it's all real. No, it's definitely not.
0: But, you know, it's, I guess, I guess to sum up with, you know, with Takashi Miike, all of his movies feel like they could be real but they're taken to a certain level that makes them obviously fiction you know and yeah. it's it's it all stems essentially from some sort of abuse like audition you like uh asami was there's an abuse level there one missed call yumi is abused ichi the killer ichi thinks he witnesses a rape you know it's it, it, it's all all stems from abuse. So there's clearly, if you just want to do pop psychology, there's clearly something in Mike's past that inspired this, you know, or well, makes um, it close to home for him.
1: I mean, it brings up... Uh, so a famous story was uh, for Mother 2, Earthbound, for Earthbound, the video game for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. The final boss in that, if you look at him going across the screen, it's clearly... There's clearly in the negative space, it is shaped like an abort or like a fetus. Okay. And the person that made the game apparently walked into the wrong movie when he was at the movies and saw a violent rape scene. Okay. And that's from that he made like a, this final boss that the machine that he's contained in looks like a uterus and he looks like a fetus. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's. There's, there's a certain level of
0: inspiration that does come from these, but with J-Harr, it's almost, and especially Mika, it's almost like there's something cultural about it that also, like, informs his personal experience, you know? It's like there is the ghost level of One Miss Call, and then there is the, the demure woman in Audition who turns out to be a serial killer, a psycho killer, and the yakuza obviously in Ichi the Killer are a very real thing. The yakuza are very real. The and other
1: thing that I didn't bring up with uh with uh Asame was like one of the things now it's like with Tinder and everything, you're like, Oh shit, who am I who am I actually talking to? Who is
0: <laughs> And that's the way you go with the remake of audition. You do it now and you do it with Tinder or Hinge or whatever online you know fuck app there is
1: <laughs> and that like you actually can get like real hard. like i am sure there are real horror stories from tinder that maybe don't play out quite to the level of audition where yeah. she's feeding someone her throw up but
0: yeah but there's also you know the the stories of like uber drivers that aren't yeah. really uber drivers you know or lyft drivers they you know don't exactly you know take you right to your destination and say hey give me five stars you know there's
1: and then there's the uh (laughs) little dated but the craigslist casual encounters
0: oh yeah yeah craigslist was essentially a murder website you know if you want to meet someone you're gonna die you're just gonna die you know it's it's assisted suicide is what craigslist turned out to be you know but yeah it's I guess, you know, to wrap everything up, uh, Miike, if you're going to seek out his, I highly recommend you watch his movies. Maybe not one miscall, call, but definitely Ichi the Killer or Audition. You, you want to watch those two? Definitely, you're going to get a
1: sense of how fucked up this man could be and how and good the movie could be as well. Which one I recommend to you, it depends. Like If you want fast-paced, Ichi the Killer. Absolutely. If you like a slow burn, Audition.
0: Absolutely, yeah. and It's they're very distinct, though. Like, I I can't think of anybody else that's like him. I mean, you can you can go for Saul or Hostel, like the gore era that we had, or the torture porn era. But they don't really hold up to him. Ichi they, he the was killer, kind of before all that, too.
1: Ichi the Killer, it's kind of like Smoking Aces if you have more violent people with torture and they also like to rape.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. It's it's nuts. Now I just saw this in my notes, and I figured we needed to, I needed to mention because I wouldn't have written it down either uh, if I didn't want to. Each uh, Kakihara has these two twin cop friends. Yeah, and they're torturing this one guy, and they're torturing his the shit. they want to cut his dick in half at one point, but they've also tortured this prostitute, and they need to find out where the next guy is that they're going to torture is and the way the one cop does it is by smelling the hooker's vagina yeah and then he suddenly knows where the dude is that's something that is just another that it's that next level that differentiates mike from everybody else it's like he yeah, he is this- willing
1: to push the boundaries to like to 18 that 18 <laughs> out of 10
0: yeah, to that, you know, he's pushing boundaries to like jizz, jizz titles coming out of jizz implants, and guys, you know, performing like bloodhound <laughs> duties on a hooker vagina, you
1: know. <laughs> that's, now to really to quote me and to really appreciate a Miki movie, you're gonna have to get okay with a lot of things really quick. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly, and I think that's I think that's a great summary of <laughs> but um. Alright, so that's been Takashi Mike for this week. Uh, next week, Mike, we roll on with horror, and uh, we are talking about James Wan. We've brought him up a bunch of times tonight. We've actually brought up the three movies we're going to be watching. So, I'm pretty excited about that. Now, until that time, where can people find us on the internet?
1: Alright, our social media. We have Facebook and Instagram. We are the Happy Hour Films podcast on both Please give us a follow. We we always message back. We always answer comments back. We love to talk to people that listen. Um, we are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. Which, uh, we are on Anchor. And we're approaching the 800 listen mark. Nice.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, and we're up about... 215 something or other on followers on facebook so that's pretty good
1: so the the following is growing so please follow us we follow back uh yeah message us comment on our posts we love talking to everyone it's great
0: yeah we will engage with with the internet folk we love to do it (laughs) a lot of people like to avoid it but we love to engage and uh so yeah, we'll definitely be doing that. And like we said, next week we'll go James Wan, and uh, I think I think that's going to be a little bit easier to talk about as opposed to oh,
1: definitely as opposed well, James, to Takashi here. <laughs> James Wan is a uh, is definitely one of the most recognizable modern horror minds.
0: And and just modern action. Hell, he did what a um he did uh, Aquaman, right? Isn't that yeah, right? and he did a Fast and the Furious as well. Well, obviously, we won't be talking about those because they're not technically horror movies. I mean, depending on how you feel about Fast and Furious, it's not. But <laughs> it's, uh, And
1: uh, depending on how you feel about uh, Amber Heard <laughs> for yeah, Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, if
0: you're Johnny Depp, that might be a horror movie. But um, so until that time, Wes, as we see, uh, we meet again next week. Uh, I have been Ross Bacon.
1: I have been Mike McGuigan.
0: And we'll see you guys next time. So long.